imagine South Beach today, but instead of seeing everybody between 18 and 28, think of everybody between like 81 and 82. Miami, the, the, I think uh, this is like, uh, I feel like being in heaven. What do you do fun? for fun? Nothing, I sit on the perch. It was colorful. That's a clip from the award-winning film The Last Resort from a couple of years ago. And it documents what life was like for Jewish seniors living in Miami Beach, Florida in the 1970s. Back then, before the area was gentrified into the glitzy playground of the wealthy that it is today, Miami's Art Deco hotels were filled with Jewish snowbirds, many of them Holocaust survivors from Canada and New York. When Canadian photographer Naomi Harris arrived in Miami Beach at the end of the 1990s, she found Miami Beach had become seedy, even full of crime. But she wound up finding something beautiful as well as she embarked on her own real-life version of the Golden Girls TV episodes. She was in her mid-twenties when she moved in to a rundown Miami Beach hotel called the Haddon Hall. It's on Collins Avenue in South Beach. And she spent the next two years photographing the hotel's aging tenants, Jewish or not. Her parents thought she was nuts. Why, they wondered, would Harris want to spend time with feisty snowbird pensioners instead of people her own age? It had something to do with Harris's own grandmother being a Holocaust survivor. Harris loved the Haddon Hall tenants. She became friends with them and captured their simple pleasures in vibrant color. They were appreciative of having attention bestowed upon them. You know, who's this weird... I mean, at the time, I was 26. Who's this weird young lady that wants to spend all her time hanging out with us boobies and zadies? I'm Ellen Bessner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, January the 17th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Harris's Miami Beach work was supposed to come out nearly 25 years ago, but when 9-11 happened, the project was shelved and she moved on to other themes. Now she has a new book out called The Haddon Hall, and it's been receiving favorable reviews and several awards since it was published. I was supposed to interview Naomi Harris live in person in December at the CJN's Hanukkah party and magazine launch in Toronto, but that day the weather had other ideas and it was a snowstorm and so we had to cancel. Her photos, though, are in the CJN's Hanukkah edition of our magazine, including the startling cover showing a 90-year-old woman joyfully preparing to take a dip in the ocean. By now, all of the snowbirds in Harris's photo essay have long since passed away, and she... Harris has since lost both of her own parents, for whom she spent the past couple of years being their caregivers. Naomi Harris joins me now to explain why her Miami Beach photos have a much different meaning to her than they did when she took them all those years ago. Why has it taken until now for these photos and the story to be put together in a book and and in display? Um, Okay, so originally when I photographed it back in 1999, uh, 2000, 2001, I didn't realize at the time that I was really capturing the end of an era. I mean, there weren't as many seniors there. They were mainly at Haddon Hall, maybe a couple of other places, but not really. Like the bulk of the the old retirees, the snowbirds were at Haddon Hall. And when you're living it, it's very different than when you look back at something with so much time behind you. I mean, to be honest, I would have made a very different book back then because a lot of the people would have still been alive and it would have been more about 
these people, how they live as seniors in Miami at that moment in time. Whereas now when you look back at it some 20 odd years later, it's remembering this period of time and there's that it doesn't exist anymore. And it, I, I'm actually happy that it got postponed. I think it's a, a stronger project because of that. Except that uh, are, none of these people, I assume, are still with us. No, no. If they would, they'd be 120. Um, no, I mean, exactly. A, a lot of the people were in their 80s, 90s, some were 100. So, unfortunately, yes, it's the sad truth of it that they're, they don't get to enjoy seeing themselves. But frankly, I would share pictures with a lot of them and they'd see themselves and they'd be like, oh, thanks. Like when I give them a photo, because I think for a lot of them, they're like, oh, great. This is what I look like. I'm old. Um, they were not necessarily so enthusiastic to to see a picture of themselves at that age. But what fascinates me is I'm old enough to remember that area of Miami and that era I'm old enough to remember visiting my grandparents. I used to go to Safety Harbor Spa, you know, early bird specials. I wasn't a wolfy person. I was a rascal house person. I thought they were a little cleaner, a little, I liked the uh, doggy bags you got at the end. You know, I preferred rascal house. How different is the snowbird experience that today from that era snowbirding? Because I think that if people see the pictures, the ones you talked about were not well off. Yeah. So, like, first of all, at, at the height of the snowbird era in South Beach, 20,000 people, mostly Jewish, not all, but mostly, I mean, picture, and mostly Holocaust survivors. So picture 20,000 old Jews. I mean, at the time, maybe some of them would have been in their 60s and then they were became in their 70s and 80s. But just this, like, this mass exodus from not just Toronto, Montreal, but also New York, Baltimore, like all the major hubs of, of Jewish cultural hubs all migrated down to uh, to Miami Beach. And I mean, there were, when I was there, it was already the tail end. When I read about it and I hear about that there were bakeries and butcher shops and the amount of Jewish like kosher food and and it was basically living like in Brooklyn, but now you're on the beach instead of back home. Um, there was, uh, so, so all of that, unfortunately, is gone. All the cafeterias, all the places like Wolfie's, like the places you could live like a king on a fixed income. The hotel owners must have been pinching themselves. What, these people want to stay three, four, five, six months? Like they were making good money. And um, at the end of it, though, uh, I hate to say it, but when the Marielis boat lift came in and the Cubans started coming in, it became rough. It became dangerous. And um, it, it changed. That's, that was the beginning of the end of the, that era. That and the discovery of how the Art Deco was now, like a lot of the hotels were being torn down. And then there were... Um, people like Ian Schrager who were coming in and buying, he, he bought the Delano. So that was the first really, um, the, the, the mass renovation of a, a hotel. Now the Delano was much bigger. It was taller than a lot of these other hotels, but Madonna started coming down. All these people started discovering it. Gianni Versace, you know, made his mansion. And so it, it started becoming a chic place to go. And with that, the prices started going up. That's unfortunately what happened to it. Um, and I think 
those snowbirds of today that go down to Miami are either people who inherited their parents' condos or they've been in the family for, you know, decades, or they're doing a little better than the, the average snowbird that used to stay at places like Haddon Hall. Let's talk about the process of getting permission for the, your photography to go ahead from these subjects. Did you have to promise them not to use their full names? I think people were very, I mean, there were a couple of people who didn't want to be photographed and they let me know pretty early on. For a lot of them, their children, I mean, there's one woman in particular, I'm thinking of Helen, her son, the doctor, um, put her in, you know, had an, and she would brag about him. He would come one day a year for a day, like, you know, so a lot of people, they didn't see their children from you know, one month to for very long periods of time. So here I was, and I wanted to not just photograph them. I wanted to hear their stories. But in general, um, I found Miami to be a very lonely place. So I would watch Golden Girls. It was on like six times a day. <laughs> I can recite most episodes. Or I would hang out with the real life Golden Girls. You said, it's been said, and you said it uh, elsewhere that, you felt closer to them when you were in your 20s than you would with people your own age. Can you tell us a little bit more, unpack that for me? <laughs> I mean, I I always say, used to joke, like, oh, I'm like an 80-year-old Jewish man in a 25-year-old Jewish body. Now when you say I'm an 80-year-old Jewish man in like a, an almost 50, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't have quite the same impact. But I think in general, my sentiment is... Um, I always feel like I've been, I was born in the wrong generation. Like I would have been better off. Look, I know that there were terrible things during um, the depression and uh, World War II, whatever. But I think there was a simplicity then that I'm a much more simple Hamish person. And so like, I think I would have been very happy if I was an old person living at Haddon Hall going to get like a matzo ball soup or a homantash or something like that. I, I just, yeah, I think it's just that I'm I'm not into the whole bells and whistles of modern times, I guess. Were they happy? The ones oh, yeah. in Haddon Hall for a dollar fifty at bed per night, then you said fixed pension. Were they happy? Right. I mean, the dollar fifty that was from that that's in the book. That's an image, but that's not what they were paying. They were paying more. That was like from an older ad that uh, the art director found. Um, yeah, I'd say for the most part they were. There were a few people who look. I also talk about it in the book. Pearl was a very depressive individual. Um, she also had a very like some of the people had very sad lives. Um, she lost her husband when he was fifty. So, and she didn't work. She, she was, um, he, he was the breadwinner. So she only lived on his pension. Then her daughter who was helping take care of her, she died. So Pearl just kept going. And like, they would say like, I don't know why I keep going on because, you know, at the end of the day, she also had Parkinson's and a lot, she had poor health. So, but there were moments of joy even then, I think, um, most of the people I'd say in the in the project or in the hotel who I dealt with, who I photographed or I, you know, um, uh, tended to, to to migrate to, they were for the most part pretty happy. Like the three sisters from Quebec, they were great. Like they <laughs> they would go to the ocean every day. They would go to the pool. They would play games. They would make food in there. Like they just they were having a great time. So um, I think. For the most part, people, yeah, like 
when you do a survey of people in general, not everyone's happy. And also this idea of like, what does happy even mean? Like, we live in a, gen- in a time now with toxic positivity where we're always supposed to be happy. No, like, you know what? I'm talking to you right now. My mom died about six weeks ago. I have my good days. I have my bad days. You know, at the end of the year, when I was writing some emails to people and I was writing to them like, oh, I can't wait for 2022 to be done. It was a dumpster fire of a year. And then I stopped and I thought about it. And I said, actually, 2022 was pretty good. I had 11 out of 12 months with my mom. We would watch, we got to watch season five of The Crown together. We got to watch the coronation, or not the coronation, the, the Jubilee. We got to watch the video. We had really, you know, many days in my mom's glorious backyard. She was an avid gardener. Well, I want to say I'm uh, on the record again, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, and I think it's important that we do some tie-in with this project coming out did your parents ever meet any of the people you profiled from Haddon Hall? Or Yeah, actually, I have to find it. But I have a photo. Uh, there's the woman, Gina, who's the um, centerfold in my book. Um, she was wonderful. She was a Polish woman. The rumor was she uh, fought in the Polish underground. And I love to picture her because she like purred when she talked. She was like Eartha Kitt meets... Greta Garbo. And, um, and I like to picture her kind of like seducing Nazis and then, <laughs> you know, off with their heads. But she, um, I have a picture of my father dancing with her at one of the dances at uh, the at Haddon Hall. So yeah, they, they didn't necessarily meet everybody, but my, my dad and my mom came down once when I was there and they, they met some of the people because they would have been uh, their kids age right of these yeah i guess so yes i'm like the grandchildren's age my parents would have been the children's age exactly what did your parents think of this project because you were moving to miami to live with a bunch of old people it's funny like this is their favorite it's it's in some ways it's my favorite project too but it was definitely my parents favorite project of all the projects i've done i mean Needless to say, the next book I did or the next project I worked on was um, about swingers. So maybe that has something to do with why this is their favorite project. And I don't know if you've seen the reviews. Uh, I'm sure you watched for them. One of them, I'm going to swear, guys, this is a little trigger, uh, what we call this parental advisory. Tablet Magazine, I'm sure you've seen it, called the book, quote, seniors who don't give a fuck, unquote, and we're being celebrated and makes us feel bad we didn't visit them enough. Do you agree with that review? I mean, the point of my project was not a guilt trip. I mean, although (laughs) like everything in Judaism, everything has a little tinge of guilt in it, right? Um, There is something to say about that. I do feel that seniors are overlooked always. Like, and we we don't remember that these people had wild youth some of them like you know we just assume that like oh they're always old and that means they're stupid and they're they don't have um what to say or they, they're not you know and and we forget that we're gonna get there someday so why are we also like having these um these pre- preconceived notions just because someone's got you know wrinkles it doesn't make them like close-minded that's why I can't stand the whole like Gen Z boomer type, you know, comments, because it's just like, well, just because people don't see things the way you see them, it doesn't mean that they're, they don't have their own concepts or thoughts. I don't know if you're aware, the controversy, the comments that we got 
by having this beautiful picture as the cover. I, I'm not aware. Share some with me. We got some. How could you put this picture on? It's horrible. I don't need to see that. Which I guess as a photographer, you can take either way. But how does these comments make you feel? And then we'll end. Well, okay. I mean... Why is it not what they want us? Wait, I should just interrupt. This is a picture I should tell for our listeners. If you haven't got the CJN magazine, it's a you describe who is this picture okay. about and what does so it show? It's Madeline standing on the beach uh, with her arms to her side, really excited to go into the water, and she is um, she was ninety, and her sister Denise. Um, it's a shot at Miami Beach, so it's like. Bright blue sky, puffy white clouds, two senior people in the water with bathing caps. Yeah, so it's very um, specific to the era, if you will. Um, I can only deduct that um, the reason it upset people, like unless the uh, readership are so ultra-Orthodox and they can't stand to see a person in a bathing suit, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's that they don't want to see a 90-year-old in a bathing suit, period. And that's really sad. <laughs> I mean, if that's body shaming, that's ageism. That's really like, what, we should only see supermodels on the beach? I don't know. Like, I really, I feel bad for people if this picture upset them because I see joy and where I see joy, they obviously see something that's much more, it's, it's clearly from within, <laughs> All right. Well, we have to end it there. It's been fascinating to dig into this and the larger issues that have come out of the project and, and your time in Toronto. I really appreciate you being on the CJN Daily. It's been great to have you. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you, Ellen. It's really nice. And maybe we'll meet in person someday. And in case you're wondering whatever happened to the Haddon Hall Hotel, well, it was sold a few times. It's now been transformed into a boutique resort hotel catering to LGBTQ travelers. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Dr. Richard Pass of Toronto, who's now in Florida for the winter. Wednesday, we'll be back with the story of the late Jerry Gross, one of the last surviving Canadian Machal soldiers who volunteered to fight for Israel in the 1948 War of Independence. He passed away in Montreal at the age of 97. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then. Thank you.